Have you ever wondered why there aren't more black women in C-suite positions? Among black students in higher education, women are more likely than men to earn degrees. Black women get 64.1% of bachelor degrees, 71.5% of master's degrees, and 65.9% of doctoral medical and dental degrees. Yet a recent McKinsey study found that only 1.6% of vice presidents in corporate America are black women. Why is this happening? Let's dig into it. Welcome to HUDU, the podcast where we bring today's important topics and stories from Howard University right to you. I'm Frank Tramble, today's host, and I'm here with Dr. Denise Streeter, professor of finance in the Howard University School of Business. Welcome to our podcast. How are you doing? I am well. Thank you for having me. Great. You know, why don't you start, let us know a little bit about you and your work and what you focus on in the School of Business. For sure, yes. So I actually started my education at Howard as an undergraduate accounting major and was well prepared to move on to a master's in finance at Johns Hopkins and then on to Old Dominion for a PhD in finance. So I always wanted to come back and serve Howard again, and so I'm happy to be here. Wonderful. And I love being HU bred, which is always the best. (laughs) Yes. So let's talk about that stat. What are your thoughts on that? You know, 1.6% of women, or at least C-suite positions right now, are black women. Does that shock you? What do you think about that? Well, it doesn't shock me because two things. One is that I think about women don't always aspire to those roles. I left Howard and started a family and decided that was the path for me until opportunities said, go back to school and, and do more education. But if we don't aspire to those roles, then we don't go into them. If we do aspire, we face some obstacles. Mm -hmm. And so the obstacles could keep women away from the C-suite when men are in control in most cases. Yeah, that's an interesting point. You know, so as a, of course, a a son of a black woman and, you know, my wife is black as well. You know, I try my best to be a advocate and supporter as much as I can. And, And part of the things I try to do is, be a mentor. And one of the things that I have noticed with the women I've tried to mentor is there's a lot of times where, you know, when we talk about jobs, I'll say, bring me the job description. Why didn't you apply for this job description? And as we look through kind of what the points are on there, there'll be one or two things that they may not have as a skill set. And I find that they don't apply. I've seen that to be wildly uh, interesting because I think that, you know, that's never stopped me from applying. And I know a lot of people who get these positions who don't have every single skill set on job descriptions. And we can talk also about how job descriptions today are just not the best thing. I think, you know, some of the things I've seen in those are just, you know, astronomical. So what is it about the aspiration side that stops people, stops black women in particular from applying for these positions when at least they think they don't fully qualify for the position? Well, that is interesting, too. So I've been in that position. If I can't check every box, I feel that I am not going to get the consideration. And so I will avoid that opportunity. We really have so many obstacles we have to make sure we're overcoming that we want to be the best at what we apply for. And sometimes those job descriptions are tainted that way to keep those of us who won't do it out. But we have to build up that confidence. And that's really your encouragement to motivate and help and assist is important. So as I've said in other forums, men do have to be advocates. We know that. And other women as well. 
Mm-hmm. You talked a little bit about some of the obstacles. Once someone does get past that point of aspiration and actually does apply, what are some of the obstacles that you find face black women when they try to get into those positions? Yes. So we get accused of flirting. We get accused of not being as well equipped. Uh, maybe we went to different schools and I have a daughter who has a undergraduate degree from MIT and a master's degree from Stanford. And she had to start her own business to really get what she really wanted to do in life. Mm -hmm. And so though she went in well-equipped, there were obstacles, maybe size, maybe hair, maybe skin color. I mean, we just don't um, know the unconscious biases that we face all the time. So we really want to be prepared to do other things. And sometimes we have to make our own seat at the table. Yeah, yeah. And and uh, I believe black women are starting businesses right now at a rate of the highest in the country. Do you think that is the solution to the problem right now? It, you know, should we should more black women be starting businesses or should the aspiration to, you know, still work within corporate America be something that we strive for? Well, you know, the good news is that we have choices. And so we can start our own businesses. And the beauty of it is women are doing that. So we don't have to necessarily be dependent on the the system, if you want to say, hiring us. But if we want to get into the system, we have to play it their way. And so I found that going to the events um, helps us to get in, to meet people in the Chamber of Commerces and so forth, so that you're able to uh, interact with the decision makers. Mm-hmm. I started my career in public accounting at a firm that's now national, always international probably. And the one thing that we were taught was find the power broker at the table. Mm. It wasn't always the person in charge. That person helps to make decisions. Mm-hmm. So don't be afraid to seek out the power. So as a communications guy and a brand guy, I always think about how our personal brand matters. You know, one of the things I've seen is black women's successes are kind of often discounted into what they've contributed to whatever success of a project or something of the sort. Can you talk a little bit about, is that true in, you know, your eyes? And also, if that's the case, what can women be doing to kind of get over that? Is it just going to the the company mixer? Well, no, it is showing that you're doing what needs to be done. And so I've credentialed up with the CPA certification to be sure people understood my accounting knowledge and, you know, certified up with other certificates, real estate and you name it. And then you want to make sure you have the credential. And, you know, you have people who want to say that you got where you are because of affirmative action and can't say that's been the case in my case and many others as well. So we have to be two, three times better hmm. than the others. It's, it's not the best way to live life. We thought that was from our parents' generation, but we're still having to level up. <laughs> yeah. With the black women graduating at rates that they are now, and we're also seeing, you know, to be fair, we are seeing black women in CEO positions that we've never seen them in before. Um, you know, you think about the CEO of Walgreens and, and many others that I've seen kind of rise into these C-suite level positions as of recently, are we on the right trend right now? Or do you still feel like, you know, there's just a couple of very public positions and the data isn't really moving the needle forward? I think we're on the right trend. I mean, when we have role models like Kamala Harris mm-hmm. uh, in the White House, and we have people who are 
running businesses on their own. I've seen the students just at graduation last week who were amazing and incredible young women. They are doing business degrees, but focusing on politics and valedictorians. And so there were more, you saw the speakers, the women were the top speakers at commencement and at our School of Business ceremony and the valedictorian and the salutatorian. So they're learning their material. They are getting squared up to compete. Mm -hmm. So I'm excited about that. From what you've seen inside of corporations today, do you find that there is a better support system for black women? Oh, yes. Oh, yes. So without naming companies, I've taken students on uh, trips to financial firms that have affinity groups in every area from race to gender to sports team runners and so forth. So the women have a possibility to participate and be mentored in various ways. In some places, they even assign a mentor to the women to come in. But we leave them from Howard with the ability to call us back. So we don't leave them out there when they go. Our job is to help them navigate through that system because we're still coming from families where they are the first generation. And um, it's unfortunate, but it is the case. So they have support systems and we just ask them to draw upon us. I know I can only imagine how many students you are are still mentoring along the way to move into those spaces. One of the areas that I think is important is not only seeing black women in these positions, but also the outside space of having a good cohort of friends and family that also support in that space. Do, do you find that to be equally important or more important to have the outside structure support system versus what's just in the workplace? Yeah, oh, for sure. Because then you're gonna get a gamut across the board of where people are experiencing life. So sorority support groups, are you sororities? I am not. Okay. <laughs> I am, though, Delta Sigma Pi, which is a business society. Mm -hmm. And so we do still keep in touch. And Beta Gamma Sigma, which is an honor society. Mm -hmm. So there are still support groups in other arenas. There are church support groups. And so there are ways for women to stay connected. You talked about this earlier where sometimes people will say you just got the job because you're black. Right? right? I think that's something we've all heard. We've all faced that, men and women in that space. But what do you think should be happening? You know, we think about the advocacy that we want from people inside of our offices. What's your message to those individuals who are part of those conversations that say, hey, you know what? Dr. Streeter only got this position because she's Black. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So I say to them, well, you can look at my work record. You can look at my accomplishments. You can look at my interactions with others. Again, I say that you have to say yes more than you might want to. So it's the person who is willing to do the extra mile to contribute to the company. Find your passion in the place that you're going to work in so that you know you're there to make the deals or to bring in more clients or whatever your, your thing is, because that's where you're going to be able to succeed. If you can compete with others on those levels, then they can't stay upholding to the she only got there because of her race or gender or something. There will be challenges. There will be challenges. So I always encourage my students to stand up for yourself. We don't deal with bullies, you know? Yeah, exactly. <laughs> so <yeah. laughs> we have to speak up. It'll take courage. It'll take strength. We do have to speak up to that and ask them. Once we, I had a coworker ask me, well, how did you get so many black people in your department? And I said, oh, that's a good question. How did you get so many white people in your department? Mm, you know, yeah. we go, we find the people who can do the work. 
and we don't let our biases choose where they come from. Yeah, that's a, such a good point. And, and I've heard that question so many times of how do you find a diverse team? How do you find a diverse team? And, that's right. and I know my answer to that has always been, well, my life is diverse. My network is diverse. You that's know, right. we're all, we all really go to what we're comfortable toward. And I'm comfortable working with everyone. Yeah. If you're not comfortable working and living and being around everyone, then it's very, it's highly unlikely you're going to find people and hire people that are outside of that and un- understand how to work with them in that space. Exactly. And not be intimidated by mm-hmm. the skills they bring. Exactly. And so there's a, there's a rhythm to yeah. it. Now, of course, it, it, you know, you have shown so much success in your life and are an inspiration to all. Who inspires you? Well, my inspiration started with my grandmother. So she was a person who did not have a high school diploma, but she was always a learner, always a learner. She always aspired to actually come to Howard University. Mm. And so they lived right in Leedroid Park, very near here. And she told me once, she said, when you get to college, just remember to do well, because I was told that I would never smell the doorknob of a college. Wow. And I said, oh, my goodness. So I came to Howard Mm -hmm. (laughs) and was so excited to do that. And then I went to Johns Hopkins and then I went on and on. So I've smelled a lot of doorknobs (laughs) um, for my grandmother just to make sure everyone knew that each person should at least have an opportunity, you know, to excel. And then my mother, similar on her track, she had a child young. Her and my father are still married today. They're in their 80s, and they, from teenage years all the way through. And so I saw her love and their attention through it all. She now has a real estate brokerage firm that I will take over for her one day, but she has done really well with her life, starting from humble beginnings. So her point was, do what you are called to do. Don't let anybody stop you. And then since I started in the Ph.D. world, I looked into... How was it done? And there's a group called the PhD Project Mm -hmm. that diversifies the front of the classroom so that we can diversify corporate America. And they say to us, don't look around. You know, your other colleagues will get more uh, research papers to write and more introductions to potential employers. But you keep doing your work. Mm. Keep your head down, find your mentors, come to the project where other faculty now we've quadrupled the number of African-American and Hispanic and Native American faculty in universities provide the mentorship so that we also have the introductions and the chances to go forward. So I participate by giving back to w- that. Wonderful, wonderful. That's so inspiring for I know so many right now. And and, and, yeah. and, and as you said earlier too, I think the recognition that people are coming also from single family households or households with low incomes. I I believe we still admit about 47% Pell Grant eligible students. So there's a lot of challenges that uh, that come with that to make sure that they're successful. There's a support system that has to be there. And I know the work that you're doing here is definitely building into the graduation rates that we're seeing as the university itself has increased its graduation rates. This four-year graduation rate has increased to over 60%, our six-year graduation rate over 70%. We're still headed toward all those goals. And there's a lot of the work that you're doing that helps contribute to those things. Thank you. Yeah. So one of the things that's new today that may not have been available for you is social media. And as we think about brand right now, I think there's a lot of opportunity for students now to brand themselves in a way that can help support 
them in their trajectory. You know, you think of professional platforms like LinkedIn and et cetera. Do you see that as a helpful tool in this space? And, and if so, like what are some of the recommendations you may have about how to utilize some of those tools to help with their own personal brands? Well, I love LinkedIn and I love the fact that students are using it well. And even in our business orientation courses in the School of Business, we teach them. I don't, but they teach them how mm-hmm. to how to really use those tools to tell their stories. What I want to do is make sure they can back that up with actual knowledge and understanding of the material. Mm-hmm. So I think they should continue to use those platforms, and they're starting their own businesses, and they're telling about the case competitions and all the things they're doing. But in the classroom, I need the students to take it seriously and to know that we're building them for the next level. Mm-hmm. So they're doing that. And, you know, Howard's motto is truth and service. So I've just received a grant from the Charles Schwab Foundation to actually help them to learn about financial advising, tax preparation, and and so forth to give back to the community. That's wonderful. So we will phase it in, and ultimately we will open a location in the School of Business where the community can come in for financial planning because we just don't do that as African Americans. So we're going to demystify the financial planning arena. I love that you said that. You know, one of the the things as I grew up, in all respect to my parents, they you know they continue to do exactly what they could do. But one of the things that I think plagues us in the black community is the conversation in general about money and wealth, and really the lack of as you grow up. I mean, the only financial conversation I ever had with any of my parents was really when I wanted McDonald's, and they would say, "Hey, you got McDonald's money?" Yeah, <laughs> now, that was about the only thing that I ever heard about uh, when it came to finances. I couldn't have told you what my parents made. I couldn't have told you anything like that. Um, and I know when I went to school for the first time, that was where I started to learn a little bit more about the kind of commonalities of financial conversations in the white community that wasn't happening in the black community. That's right. So that right there makes me so excited about where we can be going to. So talk to me about what's progressed now. We know there's challenges, they still exist, but what's happening today that isn't happening anymore or we've gotten better from and where you see us headed to? Yeah, that's a great question. So when I started my career, I had to, I was sent home because my hair wasn't the right style. We shouldn't have that today. Mm. Uh, The Crown Act and people deciding to wear their hair natural and however they prefer has helped us to at least get rid of those biases, we think. Women are more aware of who they are, so they're speaking up. And we're starting to join them together um, so that we can be more supportive and so they can know what it is that um, should not happen in the workplace. The Me Too movement is very clear. Even the support of the female deans and provosts in the campus is helping the department chairs who we are new to this to make sure we understand the leadership opportunities. So we're gonna stick together and we're gonna make sure they know the technical pieces of their work and that they have the confidence to carry it out. Good, good, yeah. So how can black women, for the women out there that may get bogged down, and still, you know, kind of depressed because that promotion didn't come or they felt deserving of this, but unfortunately it didn't happen. How can black women not get bogged down and still be successful in moving forward and pushing past those obstacles that exist? Speak up, speak up. I've had situations that my efforts didn't help. And so I had to reach out to someone to say, here's what I'm facing. How should I deal with this? So this is my approach. What else should I do? And that way, you get a village around you to help think about things. Everyone has been through something that you're going through now. So you're not alone. 
and know that we're here to help. Let us know. All right. So I want you to think back to 18-year-old you, okay? And the young woman headed into the world who whose grandmother said, you may not smell those doorknobs. And, and you pushed past and, and was able to kind of do that, smell a whole lot of doorknobs, as you said. Yeah. What was the advice you'd give yourself right now if you could go back and talk to that 18-year-old you? Yes, very good question. So my 18-year-old self was coming to Howard, excited, on a track to be the mayor of D.C. until the mayor had a little issue at the time. <laughs> <Yep>. <laughs> <laughs> but to explore all opportunities. If I had stayed on one track or the other, I might have missed the opportunity to, I'll just be honest, to meet my husband. I might have missed an opportunity to explore other careers in the School of Business and to interact with the provost and the associate deans and the dean of the School of Business, which led me to other opportunities in accounting. So keep an open mind. Your plan might not always be the best plan. Mm. And so I would tell my 18-year-old self not to get too bogged down in one track. So I have three beautiful children who are young adults, married and grandchildren and all this because I kept an open mind. And at the end, it all works together for our good. Wonderful. Do you have any other advice you want to give to, uh, to the students here at Howard? Do your homework. <laughs> <laughs> know about the technical matter that you're studying. Know about the companies that you want to go to because you're interviewing them. You don't have to go to the first company that offers you a job. You want to understand what are the opportunities there? Who are the people there? How do they treat us? And be sure, as the commencement speaker in the School of Business said to them, that you're ready to be disruptive. So when you see things that are not right, you need to say something because we have a responsibility to change the trajectory of all of us. So get it done. All right. You heard it from Dr. Denise Streeter. Thank you so much for joining the podcast. I know that I'm going to leave here inspired, so I know you're going to inspire a whole lot more as we move through. Thank you for joining us on HUDU, the podcast where we dig into today's top stories, all from Howard University, and bring them straight to you. I'm Frank Tramble, today's host, and until next time, H-U. You know. All right.